Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hey, church. Well, we're so thankful to have each and every one of you here with us. And can all of us at the 1130 service, can we give it up to everyone who is watching online? Man, we love you guys. And I want to encourage you that like your fellow 1130 uh, attenders have done, that when you come back to church, and we can't wait to see your face, uh, but when you come back to church, especially around the Easter time, that you come back to the 1130 service, if at all possible. Today is a special Sunday, and I think we could all go home now and said it would have been good for us to be at the 1130 service. Uh, But today is a special Sunday. It's something that we are calling our Bricklayer Sunday, and many of you, when you walked in, got this card. If not, you'll get it on the way out, I'm sure, Uh, but it's based off of the story of Nehemiah, where Nehemiah got it in his heart to do something for the kingdom of God. He knew he could not do it within himself, so he asked people to help him, and honestly, it's uncomfortable for me to ask uh, anybody to do anything because my heart is so for people. Uh, But I I honestly am asking you to look at this card, and you've heard each person mention some of these values, whether it's to partner, uh, to give regularly, or to serve, or to connect, or to be a seed member, or whatever it may be, uh, that these things are for the church, but they're also for you. And today, what I want to communicate is why this church matters. And I, I honestly think, if I'm being completely transparent, Uh, that I have not been uh, articulate or clear enough on this, and this is my goal to course correct uh, our church culture and to link it over into what you're actually a part of. So if you brought your Bibles today, uh, if you can open them up with me to the book of Philippians. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. If you didn't bring your Bibles, no worries. You can use a Bible app. Uh, If you don't have a phone, uh, then it'll be on the screens as well. We're looking at Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 15. Philippians 2 and verse 15 that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither have I labored in vain. That scripture right there is how word of life was started holding forth the word of life, building a light in and among the nations. Uh, For those of you who have attended this church, you know the backstory. My father was a drug addict. Uh, He dropped out of school, never completed his his high school education, never went to college. He did get a GED. Um, But he surrendered his life to Christ, and out of this got filled with the Holy Spirit. And through taking the time to just fellowship with Christ... And to open up his heart and life to what God would have for him to do, he discovered that there was a lot more there than what he was counting on. I sensed that even when I was writing this message. Uh, And I didn't get to it in any other service but this one. 
but I, I sensed in my heart this phrase, there is more. There is more. And I don't know who that's for here in this room. My guess would probably be for everyone. But I just, I, I really get the impression uh, that you have shortchanged what God wants to do through you. That there is more. Nehemiah uh, was a waiter. He had a, a good job. It was a good life. He had a good position. But there was more there. And my father uh, looked at his own life and looked at his own education. And he never could have imagined this. But there was more. See, God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in you. And if you don't sense that call in you, you'll never walk that call out. And I believe so many of you uh, need to take the time to really be with the Lord in this hour because the seasons are changing so dramatically in this season where we're, we're moving from, from not just naturally winter over into spring, death over into beauty, but in your life as well, that there is something that is supposed to come alive in this season. And it is more than what you've been asking for, more than what you've been praying for, and there's a problem with that. One time, the Lord came to me, and on three different occasions, he told me, he said, you're robbing me. And I said, Lord, you, you, you've hit me, as, as Brother Hagin would say, a low blow. I'm like, how am I robbing you? You know, I give liberally, both personally and corporately, give over and above the tithe. How am I robbing you? And he said, you're robbing me with your small thinking. There's more I want to do through you. At that season of life, none of this existed. We definitely didn't have the online campus that we have, and we definitely didn't have a, a multi-million dollar facility given to us on Highland Colony Parkway. Uh, we were doing five services over in phase one, what is now our children's church. And I told the Lord in that season, I was personally content and when I was a young man starting out, and I'm still young, I'm only 30, 37, uh, so amen, come on, right? Uh, so out of that, still very young, but I've been doing this for close to 20 years. My father died when I was 17, I started pastoring at 19, so I've had almost two decades of doing this, um, and so, but when I first started, I was full of expectation. Like you talking about bouncing off the walls, uh, and over the course of time, my expectation had diminished. I think some of that's just life. You get beat up a little bit and vision gets taken out of you. And then other of that, though, is not that it got beaten up and taken out of you. You just got content and found a way to be just okay. And out of that, I'd gotten to this place where I was okay. At that time, we were given a lot of money to missions. We were debt-free. As, as a church and as a ministry, I didn't see any need for more. And so I abandoned my greatest hope. I grant, uh, abandoned my greatest desire. And I called it humility. Of to want anything more than that would just be just not content with what I have. And we'll, we'll manage with this. 
And man, one day the Lord came to me and he said, the same dishonor I received in my own hometown is the same dishonor you're bringing to me. That the dishonor that they brought to me is they didn't believe my hands could do mighty works. And he said, all of this, and I knew it was true when he said it, all of this you could sustain without me. It's now debt-free. You got multiple services. You got all these things. You've gotten so comfortable, you quit relying on me. And you're robbing me. You're robbing me with your small thinking. You are robbing me with the call I've given you. You have robbed me with the experiences that I've given you. You have robbed me. There is more. Nehemiah, Esther, Ruth, Peter, everyone God ever met, he had to tell them there was more. He comes to Moses, lights up a bush. A whole bush is on fire and it's not even be consumed. And he starts speaking to Moses about the, the plan that he has for Moses' life. And Moses is like, that can't be, I've made too many mistakes. And God's like, don't you know that? And I still lit up the bush. Why are you letting shame tell you there's not more? There's more for you than just being your, your father's sheep herder. There's more for you, Moses. Why are you just sitting here acting like there's not more? There's more from you. And then when, when Moses finally got over his past, he looked at his ability, and he's like, but I, I can't speak. You know, I, I don't have the, 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 the vocal chops to be able to communicate what it's going to take to communicate in order to be free. There can't be anything more. I don't have the ability. And God said to Moses, who made your mouth? Who equipped you the way I equipped you? Why are you robbing me? How is he robbing them? There's a whole nation that needed Moses to take his stand, to walk in his call, to walk in his anointing. But Moses, out of inferiority complex and a past riddled with mistakes, had limited himself to that field. And God said, there is more. I hear that ringing in my heart. There is more, there is more, there is more. And it's coming in the fullness of time. But it's according to the power that works in you. And see, so many of us, we don't want that power to work. We get safe, we get comfortable, we focus on survival. I remember years ago when I took over the church, under my exceptional leadership, it dropped to 400 from 1,000. If you want to know how to disgrow a church and how to tear it apart, just ask me. Uh, I can give you the remedy for it uh, or the recipe for it. Uh, and uh, out of that, it was just falling apart. And so, of course, you know, I'm trying to fix it uh, because it was for the Lord. And the Lord came to me. And he said, you want to fix this? I said, yes. He told me three things. I don't have time to teach you all three things. But one of the things that he said was this. He said, you need to stop thinking survival and start thinking increase. Stop thinking survival and think increase. At that time, I was thinking about how we could keep it all together and just have a little safe life with a little cute existence where, you, you know, not really shaking the nations or anything, but, you know, surviving. Paying the mortgage. He said, you got to stop thinking survival. You need to think increase because there is more. It took me years to lift up my eyes from the place where I was. I didn't see anything more. I didn't see all of this. I didn't see this building. I didn't see, you, you know, assets like, the, like what the Lord has trusted in our hands. I didn't see it. 
I did not see it. And God said, you need to see it. Because if you can't see it, I can't take you there. Abraham, I'll give you all the land you can see. See, faith has sight, and you're called to walk by it. Did you know, I don't care how many victories are in your past, you're called by God to die in faith, which means all the way up to the day you die, you got something you're praying for, something you're believing for, something you're going after. Why? Because there is more. I don't care what you've had in your past. I don't care how many victories are littered behind you. There is more. There is, I'm preaching better than you're shouting back at me. Come on, right? There is more. And I'm telling you some of the same things God told me. Some of you in this room, you're robbing God with that little thing and calling it humility. The other, a couple of weeks ago, I'm literally walking outside in the parking lot and I'm praying big, man. I'm praying big for the kingdom of God. And I'm praying, and I found myself praying for our church and praying big things, big things for our church. And I got to the place where I'm hearing myself pray, and as I'm hearing myself pray, I'm like, you know, Father, I just, I don't want to get into pride. That's big to me. Uh, Why? God resists the proud. Now, that's something if God's resisting you. How many of you know not all resistance needs to be resisted? In the word of faith camp, as soon as we get resisted, it's like I, I go into binding and loosening. And God's like, you can't bind and loose me. Not all resistance needs to be resisted. Sometimes resistance is there to wake you up to a truth you've been ignoring. You've gotten over into pride. Because when God resists the proud, I don't care who you are, you're not making any progress. And so I, I, I don't want anything to do with pride. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. And so I told the Lord, I'm like, Lord, this, I want to be careful for pride. Like, I I don't want like these things to happen so that it builds my name or establishes my kingdom. Like this is for your name and for your glory and all of these other types of things. So I almost started repenting over the big prayers I was praying. And I kid you not, as soon as I got quiet, (laughs) the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, don't you call pride what I call obedience. For you to do anything less would be disobedient to the heavenly mandate I've given you. See, we don't understand these things. Because we live in a world more led by social media than we do the word of God and the spirit of God. Because if you'd get alone just enough with the spirit of the living God in this season, I guarantee you the thing he would tell you is there is more, Moses. There's more, Ruth. There's more, Esther. But I know your mistakes. I made you. There's more. But I know your lack of resources. There's more. But I know you're in prison, Joseph, but there is more than this. There's more than this pit. There's more than this palace. There is more. Because in God, there always is. God doesn't quit, we do. We grow weary in well-doing and we miss out in due season. I can't tell you how many times I've been tempted to quit, to quit the vision, to to quit uh, the, the church. Well, I can tell you how many times I've been tempted to quit the church twice. And it was all at the start. Don't you worry. I'm not going anywhere. 
But I can't tell you how many times I didn't build, thought about not building this. And finally, this got, all got builted, and I'm feeling, you know, decent about myself. And I'm praying in here on a Friday, nobody's in here, and the Lord speaks to me, he says, dream bigger. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know what that looks like. What do you mean, dream bigger? And he's like, there's more. There is more than this. Well, I discounted it. Lady, two weeks later, lady walks in. I'm walking off the stage at the end of 1130 right there. This lady runs up to me. She says, I'm from Chicago. I'm like, really? I'm like, that's awesome. She's like, I flew all the way down here just to see you. I didn't know how to see you. I was praying and the Lord showed me you. I'm like, really? She said, yes. She said, told me to tell you something. Now, I'll be honest. I was expecting something like deep, like paragraph at least, right? Like something real expansive, detailed. She said, the Lord told me to tell you, dream bigger. Next week, same thing happens. The end of 1130 service, I'm walking off the stage. Lady comes running down to me. She said, I don't attend your church. I joked with her. I said, but you're here, aren't you? She's like, well, I'm attending today. <laughs> she said, I attend. She named the church, wonderful church, in the, the local community. And she said, but I was praying this week, and the Lord showed me your face, told me I'd see you, told me to tell you something. I said, speak on. She said, the Lord said to dream bigger. I didn't even know where to start. So I got in my yard, and I know anytime the Lord ever tells me to dream bigger, and I want a God dream, I want it by the Spirit, not by the flesh. So I started yielding myself more to the Spirit by praying in the Spirit, was praying in the Spirit in my car, was praying in the Spirit, you know, on the way to work, was praying in the Spirit while watering my grass. And this specific incident, I just laid sod, bad idea in the middle of a hot Mississippi summer. I'm out there, you know, watering my sod, asking God to keep it alive and frustrated because it's dying. That's the truth. And I have a vision. And I see a facility that is yet to be built. I see a facility. The Lord shows it to me. And he, he said, uh, I want you to uh, build a work in Madison County, and there's a building for you. And I saw it. And I realized that's the, that's the next thing. Not the final thing, the next thing. And it went away. I was stunned. I was not trying to be over-spiritual over in that moment. This was not like worship music with the lights drawn and, you know, Kenny G and candles. Like, this, is, this was like yard, full day, you know, slightly irritated because my grass is dying. But God showed it to me. We go out, try to make that happen. All falls apart. We were going to get Ridgeland High School, Pine Lake, one church, a couple other churches made that work. I thought Ridgeland High School would make it work, fell through the cracks. All these other facilities. We literally went out in front of the facility we have out there at Highland Colony. Me and the executive pastor of this church, we sat in the parking lot. And I said, now this would be perfect. But it never even considered my, in my mind that God had hands mighty enough to give it to me. Amen. 
And I told my executive pastor, I'm like, they'd never sell it. And if we'd say, even if they did sell it right now in this season, it would take at least 10 million, at least 10 million. So we drove on to another place. But thank God, God had different ideas. And we didn't have to buy it. It was given. Given to us. Given to us. Why? Because there is more. And though the vision tarries, wait for it. For in the fullness of time, it will not tarry. It will surely come to pass. But see, people give up. Instead of like Nehemiah, not getting distracted, they get defeated. Let Sanballat and Tobias tell them all these lies, how there's too much rubble, there's too much waste, it'll never happen. And so they climb down off that wall and just reserve that someone else will build it, someone else will do it, someone else will start it, someone else will write it, someone else will, will, will create it, someone else will do it. That's for everyone else, that's for everyone else. And God is like, that's for you. And there is more. But it's according to the power that works in you that I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. And I'm telling you, I, I feel it by the spirit of living God. None of this, none of this has, I, I didn't plan on saying any of this. This is not in either one. I wrote a message. We didn't speak on that on any of the services I've done up to this point. And then this is completely different than every other service. And the reason why, this doesn't have anything to do with the theme, the video, or the card that was handed to you. I feel like some of you in this room are robbing God, not with your money. Maybe that, that's between you and the Lord. But this is between me, you, and the Lord this morning. I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about with your life. You've been walking by sight. You've been looking at what you don't have. You've been looking at who's not around you. You've been looking at what's forsaken you. You've been looking at regrets. You've been looking at the past. You've been looking, if that would have worked out differently and that wouldn't have happened and if that wouldn't have happened, maybe it's even looking for a, a COVID payout. And God's like, you know what I could do that is so much greater than $1,400? But some of us, we get more excited about a payout than we do a scripture that could take us all over. Come on, somebody. That God is like, I wish my people could get excited about the mighty works that could be done in my hand. Jesus goes into his own hometown and they were so familiar with Jesus that they did not believe mighty works could be done for him and it shut him down. So familiar with Jesus, so familiar with the name, so familiar with the person, so familiar with the ministry. That Jesus did miracles for everyone else, but the people who were most familiar for him, with him. And you know what? There was more. He said, I could only lay my hands on a few sick folk and heal them, but there was more. And I'm telling you right now, by the spirit of the living God, if you'd have told my, my grandmother was sitting here at, in, in the, the 10 o'clock service, 88 years old, just had a birthday, 88 years old, 15 years old, she gets a pamphlet in the mail talking about drug addiction. She read the pamphlet and realized my father was a drug addict. She's looking at the pamphlet, wondering why I got it. Now she knew how to pray. 
And if you'd have told that, that, that boy who later gave his life to Jesus, 17 years old, gets married to my mom, their dining room table was cinder blocks with plywood. The car was so ratty, it had to have a tie from one door to the other to keep the doors from opening. And the thing that held the seat up was a broomstick. Didn't have the education. Didn't have a degree. Didn't have the family background. Didn't have a family name. Came back and started this church with nothing but God. But how many of you know sometimes that's the best place you can be? Amen. And made a decision to get in faith. And all the way up till the day he died, died in faith. Died clearing out this land. What land are you clearing out? What are you excited about? When faith is working, there's a joy in your heart. (sighs) When you're in faith, there's something you can't slap the smile off of you. You've seen something. You've seen a promised land. You know where you're going. I just sense like the Lord says, would you lift up your eyes from the place where you're at? Because there is more. Amen. So for all the work that my team has done, I'll ask you to help us accomplish more. Uh, I'll I'll ask you to join us because honestly, I need as many people like you as possible to help do what God has called this ministry to do. And I'll ask you to do that. But let me ask you, What's God calling you to do? Do you know? What's next? I'm thankful for the past. I'm thankful for two campuses. God would say, but are you in faith for something new? Something next? Because anything less would be disobedient to the heavenly vision. What's next? What's next for you? What's next for your family? What do you believe in God for? What financially? What promises are you writing down for your finances? When's the last time you got a bill, slammed it down on the table and danced around it and said, God will provide? Come on now. It's easy to talk about it. It's hard to live by faith. But God, I, I feel like, like, like the service started, if people would just have that one moment of faith, it'd be worth a thousand days of labor. Amen. Amen. There's more church. Why don't you look at somebody on your, I'm about to make all the introverts uncomfortable. Watch this. Watch this. You're about to tell whether you sit next to an introvert or an extrovert right now with this exercise. Why don't you look at somebody on the right or left and just tell them this. Look at them now. I know it's uncomfortable. It's okay. That's how you grow is when you get uncomfortable. I couldn't be more serious right now. Look at somebody. Look at somebody. Look look in their eyes and tell them this. Say, there is more.
That's the truth. Remember years ago, I'll close with this. Years ago, I went to go preach and I got invited to preach at this conference. And uh, one of the speakers there was Miles Monroe. And Miles Monroe was my favorite. Still is right up there. And I had the privilege of, of preaching with him. And uh, I was, I was uh, a little starstruck in a way, in a healthy way, when I, I see Miles taking notes to one of my messages. And uh, we're sitting there, and at the, the end of it, he comes, and I, I walk off the stage, and we walk back in the speaker's room. And he, he stands there, and he looks up at me, looks me in my eye, gets his, his finger out and sticks it in my chest. I mean, hard in my chest. I got nervous. He looks me in the eye. And he asks me this. He says, who are you? I got nervous. I got this man's finger in my chest. He's asking me, who are you? And I said, well, my name's Joel Sims. I pastor Word of Life Church. I'm married that time I had two kids my father started the church with my mom he died at 44 I took over at 19 church fell apart by God's grace came back together here I am today his fingers still in my chest he said who are you I'm like I'm Joel Sims <laughs> I pastor word of life church he stopped me he said why why did everything you tell me was in the past Then he asked me this. He said, is that all there is? Or is there more in you? And you know what I told him? I said, oh, there is more. And he said, tell me about that. And for the next 15 minutes, I talked to Miles Monroe about what my, my heart saw not what my eyes had seen. Two weeks later, he's in a plane crash. And when I see Miles on the other side, and he can see now everything we talked about, I now see with my heart and I see with my eyes. Is, that all, is, is this all there is? Or is there more in you? And I believe there's more in you. There is more. And you need to make a decision today that I will not rob God. I will not hold back. That there's a heavenly call assigned to my name. Some of you have been so weak in the flesh and disappointed yourself so much, you've given up on that high calling. And God's coming today to arrest you and say, why are you letting your shame, Moses, hold you back? Your sin didn't dis discount you. Your call, it's beyond repentance. If you're still alive, you still got a chance.
Some of you, you've just gotten so content. You've called it humility. God says it's pride. And somebody says, how can it be pride? Because you don't need God's hand a lick of it, a lick of God to sustain it. It's solely held by your hand, which is the definition of pride. You're not dependent upon God or anyone else. You're independent. That's the worst thing anybody can be with God is independent from him. God is saying out of the name of safety, wisdom, and humility, you have designed something and created something you don't need me to sustain or grow. And God says, will you humble yourself before me and begin to plan a dream and plan a life that only I could give you? And others of you, you just letting life just take your dream from you. Started out five years ago, 10 years ago with some big dream and called it adulting or growing up, having it stripped out of you. Like Joseph sitting in the pit, acting like he didn't have that dream as a child. And God is coming back and say, would you remember that? Would you pick that up? I'm still going to make your father and mother bow before you. I'm still going to make your brothers bow before you. But it's not for the original reason you thought. So that you can help them. So that you can save them and be the great man I've called you to be. There's more, Joseph. I don't know your story or your reason. But I do know this. There is more for you, Christian man and woman of God there's more for you and if you just make that decision to pick that up and get in faith I think you'd be amazed at where God can take you over the next couple of months so you've got to flow with the seed when it's time it's time and sometimes when it's not time there's a period of frustration but when there's time there's time it's time and I'm telling you the times are changing you can sense it naturally it's the same spiritually the season is shifting Spring is coming. Things are about to bloom. Things are about to come to life. Things are about to, come on, how many of you believe it? Things are about to change. Things are about to grow. Life's about to get beautiful. Life's about to get better and stronger. Just like a a beautiful field where flowers came to life and you just sit back and marvel at it. God wants to make your life bloom so much. People ask, is that Moses? Yeah, it's Moses. There was more. talking about the past I never will forget that everything you just told me is all in the past is that all there is or is there more in you (laughs) words of wisdom amen let's pray father we come before you today we bow our heads to our hearts eyes closed we make a decision to not look with our eyes anymore we make a decision to not look at our past anymore we make a decision to not look at what we have anymore father we close our eyes instead of seeing with our senses we see with our heart of faith 
we see with a heart of conviction. We see with a heart of vision. And Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, fill us up with a God dream. Fill us up, Holy Spirit, with a God plan. Fill us up, Holy Spirit, with a God unction. Father, let your plan be so big in us, it's like fire shut up in our bones. Let a vision be so big in us, it's like fire shut up in our bones. Let your will for us be so communicated so strongly that it's like fire shut up in our bones. Father, we accept there is more. Forgive us for our pride, creating a life that we could sustain without you. We lean on humility, Father. And Father, we say we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, we open up our lives to be all that you've called us to be and to do all that you've called us to do, to run a race that is set before us for king and kingdom, for your glory and your name. So Father, we just surrender to that. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just say this with me. Say, there is more. Say it slowly. Let it resonate in your heart. There is more. Say it until it wakes up your heart, wakes up your dream, wakes up your passion. Say it again. Say, there is more. Say it again and let's end it a little bit differently. Say, there is more in me. There is more for me. There is more through me. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Yes and amen, Father. There is more. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. I'm going to get in trouble if you don't fill out this card. Because my team worked all week on making this a reality. I mean all week. So you don't want me to get in trouble, do you? How many of you love me enough not to get me in trouble? Amen. You love me enough not to get in trouble. Uh, Not to get me in trouble. And what we're just, (laughs) what we're basically asking with this is if every member of this church was like you, what kind of church would we have? (laughs) If every member attended like you, if every member served like you, got in community like, that's as frank as I know how to make it. And I asked my wife that question and she got offended at me. She's like, it would be amazing. I'm like, slow down, Pepe. I know it would be amazing. But I am asking that. I believe the world needs us. I believe the world needs you needs us, needs the peace that's in this house, the spirit that's in this house. And in order to get where, we gonna, where we're going, we need a lot of people with us. And so maybe it's like, you know what? I do need to get in connection. I need to meet some people. This church is a big church. I need to meet some people. Or maybe it is like, you know what? I, I need to like serve. I need to do something in the church. Uh, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, this is not signing you up for anything. This is just saying, you know what? I think there's more I can give this house. I'll check it. And if you could do that for me by the time you leave, you, you, you just keep me from getting in trouble. And that's all I'm asking for as your pastor. I love you guys so much. Man, I enjoyed that. 
Uh, and we're going to have prayer room workers uh, standing right here at the front of the service, ready to pray with you, front of the service, front of the altar, uh, ready to pray with you for whatever you may need. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of them. If you're a guest here today, thank you for coming, seriously. Uh, you never know what you're going to get when you come to Word of Life, uh, but we pray it's just the Spirit of God. Whatever it is, we pray it's the Spirit of God. Um, and so out of that, and you always know if you're a free uh, first-time visitor, you get a free gift. You can always expect that as well. And that's what we have for you as you exit. When you leave, you can turn to the little cut-ins, tell them this is your first time here at Word of Life. They'll give you a free t-shirt. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I'd love to see you again. You truly are God's best. I love this job. I love this calling. I love this church. I love you. Have the best week of your life. We'll see you next week. You are dismissed.